Yes, it's the Finnish Football Show. Thank you for joining us for FFS 8. Uh, my name's Mark Wiltshire. I'm from Explore Finland Radio Show. Joining me here today is Mark from FC Suomi. Hi, Mark. Hello. And Rich from Escape to Suomi. Hi, Rich. Hello. Yes, Rich is back. Back again. Back again. I don't think we have to start every episode with by singing Eminem, but it's a, it's a recent tradition. So... Talking about recent traditions, Rich, sit up straight, man, like a good soldier, and show everybody what football shirt you're wearing today. I'm wearing a Yarrow shirt, which was very kindly sent to me by the club last year, uh, prior to their relegation. I think uh, I counted that they have 19 different sponsors. In. So, uh, nice. Yeah, including a Rake fur it. company. So. Raking it in. Yeah, I, um, I mean, it's a free, free shirt someone's got to eat, but um, yeah, thank you very much, Victor, if you're listening. You hear these days of people making micropayments online. It seems to be what's going on there with the sponsorship of the uh, of the Finnish football teams. Everyone pays a tiny amount to get a tiny logo. Yeah, I mean, Hartwell, Yaffa, well done. Thank you very much. You want a crate sent over to you? Yeah, it's better than this too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're back, we're back for, for Finnish football show number eight. As many of you have noticed, new technology. Um, we're using Webinar Ninja because Blab has been decommissioned, but this will not affect the quality of the show. We absolutely promise that it will be the same shambles that you've grown to love. That's, <laughs> I think that's the least we could do, the, the very least. For those of you that didn't uh, didn't see or hear FFS 7, that was the uh, episode where um, me, Mark, Rich, plus Keke and Henry, who helped out in previous episodes, all got together and did a preview of some of the World Cup qualifying games that Finland has this year, talking about some of the different opponents that they're going to be playing. So uh, we've had some we've had some really nice feedback about that. Um, all of us did it in a slightly different style, and that seemed to be something that you you all liked. So we were we were feeling the love. Thank you very much. If you're listening to this podcast now and you haven't heard that episode, it might be worth pausing, going and listening to episode seven, and then coming back, because I've got a feeling that, Mark, you're going to have something to say about these World Cup qualifiers. Is that right? Yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, I'll try not to be as irate as I usually am, but it just happens. I'm, I'm waiting for a rant. I'll be good, I promise. So in episode eight, we're going to look back at uh, Finland's friendly with Germany, which was uh, last week, uh, and the World Cup qualifier against Kosovo, which was just a few days ago, and uh, and also look at some of the recent uh, action in the Bakehouse Liga as well. But uh, we want your input. Now I can see at the moment we've got a few people watching live. It doesn't. This doesn't have the same kind of social impact as Blab, so we're not going to pick up quite so many casual watchers. But I can see we've got Jake, Jules, and Chris online at the moment. So hopefully you can see us. And we're getting messages from at least from Jake and Jules. So that's good. That's good stuff. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Um, we do want a little bit of input. If you look at the bottom of your screens, you should see a tab that says polls. And if you tap on the poll tab. There we go. We, we were asking a question. We want your we want your feedback. Based on the performances recently of the Finnish national team, is it time for Hans Backer to get the sacker? And if it is, who should replace him? So we've got a few a few options there. Miksu Patalainen, Kanerva, a clown, Bupi, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the bird that lives at the Olympic Stadium in Helsinki, um, or us, Team FFS. So we've got a few results already. I, I don't think I've cast my vote yet. I don't even know if I'm allowed to cast a vote. So the rest of you, get in there. And also, if you're listening to the podcast, then give us your words. In my, in my opinion, option C, a clown, and option E, us. It's pretty similar. You take, you pay your money, you take your choice. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna vote for us just so that I can nominate Hans's cousin, Chewbacca. Talking of recent traditions on the Finnish football show, that's not the first time that joke's been cracked, and we haven't had no. that many. <laughs> we haven't no. had a back sucker crack yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come up later on. Stay tuned. <laughs> Um, obviously, for those of you listening live, you want to if you if you want to listen to this again, the podcast will be coming out in a few days. If you're listening to the podcast, then the podcast has already come out and you've got it. Okay, so today's show, three parts as usual. Firstly, we'll do a little bit of news that's broken in the last week or so. Um, 
And normally Mark will throw in something that happened today. So let's wait and see what, what breaking news he's got for us. Then we'll talk about the international games and then we'll we'll look at the Bakehouse Liga. So um, I reckon let's start with Rich. You haven't said much yet, Rich. No pressure. Your, right, your um, news story was to do with, with PK of 35 Vanta down in Helsinki. Yeah, um, basically this is their first season back in the top flight. Um, we really didn't know what to expect after last year. They... Uh, got promoted via the playoff and they had Shevki Kuchi in charge. He was manager, part owner, part cleaner by the sounds of it. Uh, Pablo Canago was involved. They had a very diverse squad. Um, needless to say, it's all gone horribly wrong. They're currently 11 points adrift at the bottom of the table. They've got eight games left. Uh, they haven't won a game in three months. Everyone who's anyone at the club has left. Their top scorer who remains has got two goals in 24 matches. Uh, they had six points deducted and a transfer ban for various unpaid wages, debts they owed to creditors, etc. And um, yeah, the fact that we've got to September, they'll be relegated this month, I'm sure. Um, if they even manage to see out the season, there've been rumours. Sorry, did I say three points? Six points, yeah. Um, they, uh, yeah, it's just an absolute shambles. I know some of us at the start of the season said there'll be goals, but um, they started off entertainingly anyway. Nazi Kuchi did relatively well before he started throttling people, which is widely credited with the sort of meltdown in the atmosphere at the club. Um, but generally, it's it has been an absolute shambles and. You don't like to see it. And you know that almost every season, one club at least in Bakehouse Liga will financially implode in one way or the other. Um, it's a shame it's happened to them. Um, but, you know, sometimes people have to pay for the decisions they make. Um, they'll go down. Who joins them? I don't know. Because Chef Kikuchi could be in the envious position of relegating two clubs as he now manages Inter, who are in 11th. And could if they remain their face, whoever comes second in Ukenen. And let's let's also call out our good friend Henry Hakamaki, who was the one at the start of the season who said he thought that uh, that BK thirty five might actually get somewhere. So, uh, well, somewhere. Good, yeah. on you, good on you, Huck. Huh. I I must admit I, I I thought that as well because I thought I, when they came up from Ukenen they were they were really combative, and then they added Nyaji Kuchi to that to to the mix and. And um, was it Kunago and Aho as well? And I, I thought that was really good business, and they were set up really in the right way. But uh, I wouldn't. I, I, it's it's a funny thing because it's not like since Shevki's left that they've had an upturn in form. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like Shevki's gone and they've all like sort of turned around. There's something bigger and bigger at that club than than just Shevki. And if you're talking about Inter. I don't. <laughs> I know. I know. You always like to put me in the position to defend Shevki, but they were already down there before he joined. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's. It, I don't know. It, it, there's something. There is something incredibly wrong at the at the club, and I, I don't know if it's just that they've overstretched themselves to get to the top. It's a very weird setup. I mean, um, you know, it's almost like without the money, the the clubs in the English Championship trying to get promoted. Um, they brought in a lot of players who didn't have any links to Finland. They seem to be mates of mates or obviously have, you know, their scouts work in different ways and agents, of course. Um, but the fact is in the last month, so many of their players have left. Um, you know, you've had Ayala has left, alodi has gone. Just this week, Kim Riney's gone as well. And, which yeah. do you remember? Do you remember back in the start of the season and Shevki? Who was Shevki? There was somebody else as well. I can't remember who it was. Who it was? But they were talking about player financing hmm. because the Vegas League they wanted to set up a deal where where the club wouldn't pay the wages that that, that somehow the they they set up some some third party agreement yeah. to facilitate and and it was sort of sold as like a, you know Finnish clubs can't afford proper players and this yeah. is a good way to do that. It, even stuff like that is a sign that you know. The sort of traditional way of running a club isn't going to work for these guys. So no. it's, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a shame. Their women's team is amazing. Like, yeah. the, it, it's like one of the best in Europe. So it's it, there's some parts of that club that's really good and won't run really well. But I mean, I suppose maybe the finances are different or something. But yeah. maybe they should play the women's team. 
next <laughs> next tomorrow night we got full full fixture list tomorrow night <laughs> yeah. yeah i'd watch it so mark you 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 your news story when we last <laughs> spoke was about a rather controversial interview that had been done this week yeah and i'll get to that <laughs> uh, but just in the last hour Guess who has won? <laughs> guess who for the pod, for those you, for the you podcast guys? You guess, weren't going to do this. Yeah, I was. I definitely wasn't going to do that. And then, a mo- like an hour ago, one player won uh, the Super League as Player of the Month. Ah, uh, Temu. Which is Temu, yeah. So, congrats to Temu. Just a quick one. Um, yeah, but the interview, the interview. I mean, it's a bit related to to the to the internationals that we'll talk about later. But the interview that really stuck out for me was was. Um, Lucas Rudetsky, who went in the papers, which wasn't even after the game. It was like the morning after or the day after. So he's had some time to kind of cool down and think. And even then, he's, he's, he acknowledged uh, to the press that there was no value in preparing for the Kosovo game by playing um, Belgium, Italy, and Germany. So by playing the big hitters and essentially defending for 85, 89 minutes and trying to hit on the counterattack when you're going to play a team that doesn't play anywhere near that kind of football or, or that kind of standard or level. Now, uh, that in itself is not like a particularly you know, revel- revelationary thing. We kind of all know that, that if you're going to prepare for Kosovo, you probably Germany is probably like the last team you want to play in terms of preparation. But what is interesting is that we all knew and we all saw that Mixu's uh, Christmas tree was not working for about eight, nine months before he got the sack. And there wasn't a peep out of the players in that squad. They were all talking about working harder and playing for the team and creating chances and, you know, working within the system and, and getting better. And there wasn't any, at any point, did anybody come out and say, yeah, this Christmas tree is pretty, <laughs> pretty terrible. It's not going to work. So this is like the first time where there's a player who's come out and kind of essentially criticized the management that's going on in, in the Finnish, again, in the, in the Finnish national team, which I think is a really good sort of, I think it's really, it's a really good step, but it shows that Bakke is n- nowhere near on as solid ground as Mixu was. And that there's a chance that, I mean, if, you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't think we bear that many hopes of kind of progressing through this qualification group, but I don't think, I don't think Bakke is on as, on as uh, sturdy a ground as, as maybe somebody like Mixu was back in the day. So, but with that, you've got Hradetsky, who's you know one of the senior players. He's not even a player with you know an axe to grind, or he's not getting in the team. You know, this is the number one certainly for the last year, eighteen months. This he's been the number one goalkeeper. You know, short of Moisander Eremenko, maybe he's he's the senior player in that team, mm. and yet he's coming out saying this about the manager after his first competitive game. It's yeah. uh, it says a lot. And um, I mean, I know you know he's he's quite an open character anyway but you know it just shows how seriously they've taken it i mean no one knew how kosovo no one knew anything about them as a team because you know those players never played together but they bossed that game and mm. you know like mark said you know the preparation of those friendlies yeah you, you know they basically played in schweinsteiger's testimonial 5 days before and um yeah you know they've turned up and suddenly a team with a bit of excitement has come at them and they look shell shocked. Not just that, but it's a team that we could have attacked. You know, I mean, there's yeah. a team that we could like. We, there was, uh, I mean, they had a lot of energy and a lot of spirit, but we, there was a, we could have we could have gotten far more out of the Kosovo game than what we actually got. And I think, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's like I said, it's not. It, it's it is. I mean, as well. I think out of all the senior players, he's probably Hradetsky is the one that's not. I wouldn't say untouchable, but yeah. he comes out with the, with the kind of his reputation well intact every time. He, every time he puts on a Finland shirt, he's one of the few players who looks like he looks for his club side. I mean, the save he had from uh, uh, from that right back that smashed mm. it from thirty yards—that was amazing. Yeah. So, but it's yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's interesting times because you sort of got the feeling under the last regime that it was all part of a big sort of all all boys club and. Uh, there was never going to be change until the absolute last, and now you think, well, if the players are sort of happy to talk openly about how <laughs> how badly prepared they were, then there's a chance that we can achieve change. Let's and let's come to some of the details of the game and and some of your experiences from the the, the two recent games in a minute, Mark. Um, I have my news story, and uh, as ever, it's quite local news to where I am here in Saniyoki, but we bought a defence. It's the one thing that's been missing. <laughs> it's the one thing that's been missing all year, and I know that that 
Jules, Jules was having a conversation online about this before the season even started, saying, we haven't got a defend. We, we, we've lost our defence from last year. And it was quite clear. And generally through the season, more and more players have come, joined that defence. Um, <laughs> Abonima, Meite, um, and just hasn't worked. You still, it has been porous. And then towards the end of the transfer window, we um, we signed Mark Vallis, uh, Andorran international, which before I saw him play, didn't fill me with that much confidence. And then as soon as he came on the pitch, he actually looks quite classy and things look tight. And we've we've had two or three good home victories. And now they've also signed uh, Aymar, or an- another Spanish player, um, and also Johani Oyela as well. That's three, three defenders in the space of a week. He, he is a top quality centre back as well. Like he's he's too he's too good for the Vegas Liga, or at least at least he used to be. But um, he's he's a really really good 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 centre back. A bad run with injuries, isn't he? Yeah, cruciates. Well, see, this is this is the thing, and uh, our friend friend of the show, Egan Richardson, um, made a very sniffy comment the other day about a, a negative career trajectory. So I looked at some stats for Oyela, and he's paid like. I don't know, 24 games in the last four or five years, which, okay, so I assumed it was injury and you've just, you've just confirmed that. But, you know, maybe, maybe the fellow just wants to come and play football. Well, I think he hasn't played a competitive game since he left Hoyukor. Um, hmm. That was October last year. Um, he was training with Coventry and nearly signed for them, but for whatever reason, it didn't, didn't go through. But um, yeah. I think he, he showed, you know, I mean, some of... Like a lot of players, maybe he's made poor or choices or whatever. I mean, I don't know much about the Russian league, but, um, you know, maybe he's one of these players who seem to come to Finland for half a season, get his form and fitness back, and he might get himself a move somewhere a little bit more high profile or something for next for next year. But um, certainly for the rest of this season, he's a fantastic acquisition for them. Yeah, in 2013-14, he played um, as like a squad player for Tarek Grozny. Um, and he was fast becoming sort of a, a, a staple of their side before he did his cruciates in. So and he, he played like Europa League sort of level. He, he played well in the, in the Russian League. And it was just, I mean, the, the, the cruciate injury take, takes him out. What was he out for? It was about 14 months, something like that. Mm. And his rehab took ages. And once he once he was rehabilitated, they put they sent him to Hoyuko to get his fitness back, which he did. I thought he did, you know, okay. Um, and then he tried like Hoy. I think Hoyuko wanted to sign him, but he wanted to go back to Grozny to fight for his place, and uh, never made it back into the side. So it's good for him. It's good. It's a good re- like. It's not the traditional kind of Finnish reboot where somebody where a player goes abroad, doesn't get any games, doesn't like doesn't make the grade, and then comes back to try it again. Not mentioning Axel Balves, but you know, it's. I was going to get to Vegas League news a little bit later yeah. on as well. Yeah, but but so he is a really good sign, and I think uh, what, what is it? Game in hand and ten points off the lead, something like that. Yeah, actually, I I did some. Those those listening will be stunned to know that I actually come look. Paper, note, notes, and I've done a little bit of research ahead of this tonight. But I, I left my homework, left it too late to do my homework, and uh, I ran out of time last night. So, the dog ate it. Yeah, something like that. So, um, yeah, it's um, eleven points off the top with nine games to go, uh, but only four points off of third place. Actually, so you know, there's there's Europa League to go for for sure. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit about more about my feeling feelings for what the champions the reigning champions might do a little bit later maybe. Okay, let's um, move on from the news and let's talk a little bit more detail about the two international games. We touched on it a little bit, but Mark, you were in Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was it was it was really bizarre. I got to say. I mean, it was a. Uh... It was obviously sort of it's international friendly, but but it was Schweinsteiger's test, like, testimonial. Basically, his goodbye. Everybody turned up teary eyed, and the atmosphere was really subdued. And the stadium was about half empty, something like that. So it was a really, I mean, it was sort of a you know touching and moving, and all the Germans were like, "Oh, it's such a good, 
fantastic player has given so much for our country. I'm not going to do the impression in case you know on the odd chance we we nab one one German. Well, yeah, well that was barely an impression. But yeah, I mean they were all all the uh, all the Germans were dewy eyed because you know there's like he's like Mister Germany, um, uh, and uh, and I mean the game was the game was this very similar to to the Italy game. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I had a similar experience to Keith and his Italy trip <laughs> with beer uh, beer in the stadium Ooh, it's uh yeah it's good beer as well anyway um yeah so it, it, it was it was good to see schweinsteiger cry that's always enjoyable um and it was good it was yeah it was like nice warm evening and it was a uh, good you know good fun for the fair but again i think if i remember right i had like blurry half drunken notes on my phone and we didn't get a shot on target until something like 89th minute or 92nd minute something like that I think that was Pukki's one-on-one chance and while we defended well and we looked good like under pressure looked good under pressure in the way that we conceded two goals in 90 minutes um, we didn't we didn't get forward at all um, Yuka Raitala doesn't seem to have a right foot um, and, this, and this is funny, funnily enough this is the things that we learned from from like days before the Kosovo game which we could have changed but didn't so Yuka Raitala didn't have a right foot Marcus Halsey didn't have the engine to run for 90 minutes in this sort of central midfield berth that he was in um, Robin Lud also looked pretty tired as he got past sort of the 60 minutes the Germans the German I mean it's, it's, it's quite difficult to say but if there was ever a time to beat Germany that 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 game was it because the the side they put out had Schweinsteiger in it like in, in the starting lineup and then they had a whole team, wasn't it? B team is a bit hard. I think he had four or five players that were uncapped and that were like under twenty one level. And in the second half, he didn't even stick Ter Stegen. Ter Stegen started, so not Neuer, right? Which is already a good point. And I can't remember the name of the guy they had in goal for the second half, partly because of the. Um, Stadium beer um, and the atmosphere, um, but it, but that that was an, it was a really understrength team. They shoehorned Schweinsteiger into a defensive midfield place, and he hadn't played for a long time. So under pressure, he actually didn't do very well. Like he wasn't playing particularly well, and he slowed down their counter attacks. So from a footballing perspective, there was a lot of advantages that we could have taken. And and I mean, I think as well, because of the occasion, there was a lot of maybe extra respect afforded to Germany. And I think we may as well have gone there like almost sort of 3-4-3 three, three or, you know what I mean? Some We may as well have gone sort of all out attack and made a, made a day of it because it seemed like, it did it genuinely seemed like even the times when we had possession, we weren't really, we, we didn't really have the intent or the drive to go and hurt the Germans. You, I think you've made the comment in in previous shows about Thomas, Thomas Lamb playing playing at centre back, and yet yeah, on the first game of the the championship season in the UK, he he's scoring goals for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, not like not headers from corners like a centre back, but like twenty yard strikes. There was one moment where I sort of <laughs> threw everything to the wind, and I became that stupid hopeful finish fan again which was like i think it was like the 50th it was like five four five minutes after half time thomas lamb broke up a sorry thomas lamb broke up a, a, a like a german attack picked the ball up and drove with it to the halfway line he fed it to to porgian palo in the middle who turned and fed urenen on the overlap on the left hand side who smashed a ball across the box that was about uh maybe two centimeters away from pukki who just just couldn't reach it um but i thought in that in that sort of brief moment you know, wow! Like with with Thomas Lamb at the back, there's an, there is an additional dynamism. Like there is an additional amount of pace, and he can. I can understand why he was played in midfield so much because he's such a good footballer. But he really did offer kind of uh, out from the back some fabulous attacking intent in that very one in that one small kind of moment. Um, but that was just the sort of glimpse. Very good footballer in the midfield as well, though, couldn't they? Yeah, and he does have the engine for the midfield. So it's, uh, you know, I, I mean, it depends how you want to play him because Buck has got this thing about five at the back. And if you're going to go with a with a back of five, then he's good to have in there because he, he can he can drive the ball forward. But, mm. you know, even when he got there, I mean, there was basically one move on. So there was one pass to Poyon Palo that was on and there was one guy on the overlap in Urunen and there was one guy in the box, which was Pukki. And there was no, like, it was well executed, but there was no other option in the final third. So there was no, 
you know, uh, there wasn't any particular dynamism about it. But I mean, yeah, he 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 did really well. In, defensively, he got out muscled a lot, and even I think it was the German second goal. There was a, um, I don't know, I think it was, I think it was Muller or somebody like that who, who strong armed him when the ball the. the, the Götze got to the byline and cut it back across the box. It went through the six-yard box and Lamb was basically well-positioned to handle it and he got sort of a bit of a shoulder in the back and flopped forward and the ball sort of trickled through to to um, Drax, Draxler to finish. So yeah, it was... Uh, the Germany game was, yeah, good atmosphere and there was a lot of chances. I mean, the thing is, that you walk away from the Germany game and you lose 2-0 and you go, yeah, we lost 2-0 to Germany, that's not bad. But... It's still a defeat, and we still didn't really threaten anything or or make any inroads. But that was against Germany. They're the world champions at the moment. So mm. five days later, first qualifying game against Kosovo, a team that didn't even know how many players would be eligible until a few minutes before the, the referee flicked the coin to, to decide who's going to kick off. So surely by Sunday, Monday, everything was different. Everything was better. Or yeah, so <laughs> yeah. So, so we started we started the Kosovo game on the front foot, which was good. We went forward, but it was it became quite obvious and evident that there were two things wrong with our attack essentially against Kosovo. And that was first one was I think first four three four minutes. Robin Lud had a, had a, he was on the he was in the corner of the eighteen yard box and he got the ball and he had a fair bit of space and he sort of elected to kind of cross and shoot at the same time and it curled away from uh, the keeper's like top corner and drifted out harmlessly and then uh, Kosovo had a couple of chances and the next chance that we had fell to Yuka Raitala uh, who kind of cut inside and then hit, hit a shot that I think knocked knocked on the corner flag something like that and it showed that the offensive players that we had weren't sharp enough and didn't have the right preparation. And then the <laughs> the wide players that were supporting our attack, so the guys getting up there to try and finally support our attack, were just not the guys. So Yuka Raitala has scored once in the last five years. I think it was for Herenveen. He was playing in midfield. It was a nice, it was a sort of daisy cutter from about 20 yards when he was in, in Holland. But since then, he's switched clubs twice. You know what I mean? And, and he's, I mean, he's a fullback, so you shouldn't really expect him to be, you know, pinging, you know, 40 yard screamers in. But by the same token, the way we'd set up really did allow, did, did, we really didn't off, we didn't have the guys in forward positions that were uh, prepared enough and that were the right guys to, to finish off chances. The other side of that as well is that Kosovo broke in the first 10 minutes as well. They hit the bar. You know, they hit us, they hit us on the counter attack. Yeah. And, and, and the same thing that we saw against Italy, the same thing that we saw against Belgium, the same thing that we saw against Norway, the same thing that we saw against Germany was that when uh, when we lost possession and the, and the opponent had a quick turnover, so Kosovo had a quick turnover, they found tons of space in behind your fullbacks. So in behind Raitala and in behind Uranen, they got they got loads and loads of time and space. And that's where the kid, uh, the Kosovan lad, hit the bar. He was just about, just about 20 yards outside on the angle and a loop to the shot straight over Hrdetsky beaten all ends up, bounced off the top of the bar. And that would have been like, uh, that could have been incredibly dangerous because I think if Kosovo take the lead that early on with such a lovely goal, the way Finland kind of responded when they eventually did concede sort of showed that they might not have had the, the gumption to fight back. So the comments but, from Hrdetsky about the teams they played in the, in the warm-up, you, you normally find that the, you, know, you're play, you play some warm-up games against teams that are similar to the one you're about to play against. So a team similar to Kosovo from that region, maybe Montenegro or someone someone like that with a similar style and there's a there's a team uh about half an hour away on the catamaran from us that plays exactly the same way that Kosovo plays. Okay. So Estonia, Estonia Latvia, okay. any of these guys play in relatively the same way. This it's like, it was like a uh four one four one that they that they started out with. Estonia play four five one, four four two Hey, KK. Okay. Um, so they could have, they could have picked. There's a million teams in Europe that play just like the just the way Kosovo set up, and of course it's difficult to know which way Kosovo are going to set up. Like Rich said, but I can tell you how they weren't going to set up, and that's like World Cup winners. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, no. I mean that. That being said, we, we did all the right after after they had the chances. We still did all the right things. I mean, we still kind of technically had enough. We, we you know, Roma, we got gifted that one on one chance. Uh, the defender tried to back pass, underhit it. Roma picked it up one on one with the keeper. What was he? 
10 yards out, 11 yards out, and he couldn't find the net. I, don't, I didn't think so, he had a very good game, actually, on, on Monday. He seems to lose the ball. He does, he, and, and he, he, he pings like 30. I mean, one of the, actually, one other interview after the match was backers, and he said that he was disappointed we didn't find a lot of space in behind the Kosovans. And the Kosovans sat on the edge of their 18-yard box like most teams do. And we just ping balls like it's it's a really it was a really difficult system to get to work you can't you can't play in behind when you play a 532 because it asks too much of your of your wide players and you need somebody in the box like Barret Sadiq or Ero Markinen who was on the bench to hold the ball up or to win it and we just didn't have it if you ping long balls up to Puki it's not going to work and it's not Puki's fault he's just not that guy hmm. but yeah i mean we did we went in front you, you know Paulus Arayuri got another goal that was Really positive. What, what, what do we what do we think of him? I, I he stood out for me in the in the few games I've seen recently. I don't know if it's because he looks like a kind of nineteen yeah. fifties footballer, <laughs> like, like something from Royal Royal Rovers or something. Still big upright guy. But I've I've noticed him, and yet somebody online during the week made a comment about why is he still why is he there? I think that was how I read it. So, um, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I love Paulus Arriuri, but I can he's not a he's not the best defender we have, and I think he's probably not the second or third best defender we have. So he does he's big and he's slow. Um but he's got I mean he, you know, he, he he is a good player. He's just not technically very good. And and we need guys like like Arriuri who's huge, you know, like who's who's not just in terms of physicality, but in terms of his presence. You know what I mean? On the pitch, he can he shouts at people and he gets people going. So, and he, you know, that's that's his second goal now in four games. No, wait, hang on, how many have we played this year? Yeah, okay. Seven. Second goal in two competitive games because <laughs> he is, scored against that, Northern and, Ireland. And, and actually, yeah, I was going to say, isn't that the only two goals we've scored this year? Uh, Northern Ireland was end of last year against uh, Belgium, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the, okay. the other, and that was Kappe. That was Kappe's finish. So, yeah. I mean, I, I like Paulo Zariuri in the way he plays, and I like him in the defence. I can see why he has his detractors. You know, um, Jules asked a question earlier, and I promised to come back to it. He says, "Does anyone know about Backer's contract? How cheap would it be to sack him, and can the Finnish FA afford it?" Well, they gave the big speech about Mixu. That was the reason they gave for not sacking Mixu that they couldn't afford to sack him. That hit all the papers. So I don't know if they can't afford it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how rich or poor the the Finnish FA is, but I, I mean, I suppose they're spending a lot of money on on refurbishing the Olympic Stadium. But I mean, I think they get grants from UEFA for that. So it depends. Back his contract, I think is is it four <coughs> years? It's two competitions. It's two two qualification campaigns. So it's four years. So it's probably going to cost a bit, Jules. In answer to your question, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keke is just said on the message on the message board here. Shoot me now. Yeah, I, I mean it's. <laughs> he also said after the game, in addition to not getting in behind the Kosovans who sat deep, he also said that <laughs> that Croatia and Iceland will be easier games than Kosovo, <laughs> and you just think how. How can he, I mean? It's I suppose it's good for him to tell himself that, but how could that possibly be anywhere near true? You know what I mean? It, the Croatia and and Iceland are far better. They're far more offensive. They're far far better organized than and Kosovo were great. I don't want to detract from from how good they were as a team and how much effort they put in. But in terms of football, they they could have been very easily beaten with the right tactics or style, and it's. Uh, I, I just think it's really naive for, for a coach to come out and say, yeah, Croatia, don't worry. Just because we drew with Kosovo doesn't mean we can't beat Croatia. <laughs> but that's because they're more attacking and they will leave more space for Finland to attack. We'll they're be not, to get in, in behind there. They're actually probably not as attacking as Kosovo. They're a lot more lethal. They could, Like Modric and, and uh, Mandzukic and those guys, they are a lot, they're a lot more clinical and they're a lot better organized, but they don't attack a great deal. We saw that in, in the Euros. You know, in the Euros... They didn't score a lot of goals. They didn't create a lot of chances. They just have really good players who can score. They control games far better, don't they? Yeah, they'll have they'll have guys like Robin Ludd and Marcus Hasty running all over the place and tiring themselves out in twenty minutes. So it's uh, I, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you know, Bakke still thinks Davor Suka is up front. You know, I. <laughs> Good grief, Rich! That is the biggest glass of orange juice I've ever seen someone try and. I'm, I'm not sure if you were going to drink it or swim in it. It's from the uh, Bayern Munich club shop. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so, the one of the Steiner. I, I, it's a Steiner. I, I had to pay for that, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> one yeah, of the few, one of the few things you have that's football related <laughs> that you had to pay for. Uh, shocking. Um, Mark, you w- were also at this Kosovo game. Tell us about the about the Kos- Kosovo supporters. They they were in the majority, were they? No, 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 no. I think it's, I think that's, oh, okay. it's a bit false. So it was about I think it was about sixty forty ish for for Finland okay, fans. Okay. So there was still there was there was a lot and lot of Kosovans there, and there was a lot of. Kosovan support in Turku, the the town before and after the game, but it, it was one of the best atmospheres I think I've ever been to in a, in a in a game. They were they were like they were just lit, like literally they were just happy to be there. And whatever happened, they'd have still been happy to be there. And it was I don't know. I had to kind of I, I, couple of, I had a, again a couple of refreshments, and I had one Twitter, and I thought I have to turn my Twitter off like now because uh, like I made one I made one comment with a guy in like which was like we we made you look good, you know we we like this is and, and they were like this means so much to us, and it, and it really when you left the ground you couldn't you can't be angry or mad or frustrated because they're just so happy that they're out here qualifying, you know what I mean that there was no, you couldn't throw anything at them they were. Yeah, just really good, good spirits, really good um, crack, you know. Could have, good of the hooker yet to graciously get, let them take a point away with them. Then. Yeah, yeah, it was noble, noble of us in a way. <laughs> a noble draw. Yeah. Before we move on to Vakehouse Liga, and um, I think by that time, Rich would have finished his biscuits and oh, can maybe oh, have a few words to say. Um, just to the, those that are watching, a couple of you still haven't given your opinion on our poll at the bottom of the screen. Which is, is it time for Backer to get the sacker? And if so, who should replace him? And far ahead at the moment, with eighty percent of the votes, is us, Team FFS. So I think that if we, uh, if, if that's the way everybody clearly thinks about this, we should probably get an application sent into the uh, Palolito tomorrow. Mark, I'll leave that to you. I've still got the form that they sent to, uh, to, to <laughs> the application form they put on in the minute in the. Um mall website so yeah i can i can dig that out <laughs> <laughs> okay let's let's have let's have a look at, at bakehouse league so I, I mentioned before there's um there's a full fixture list tomorrow night friday the 9th uh, of september then again on monday the 12th and then again friday 16th apart from asiko who playing on saturday 17th so there's there's a lot of games in the next week <laughs> it, it bugs me every season you get to this time of the year and you know you're you've got eight games to play but it takes two and a half months because of all the international breaks and it really drags on and you know what end of october watching football in finland's a bit nippy out there <laughs> wrapped up and, and gloves trying to make some noise clapping with gloves is not the easiest you should buy some of those ones from fanimo that make a uh, clapping sound yeah eight that's euro. true it's yeah. not le- it's a it's not leather, is it? it, it but there's some they're, sort of they're like woolen, they're fingerless woolen gloves with a plastic device in it, which I think makes a sort of amplicated. It's like a clacker. Clapping, yeah. Um, and basically, it's instead of using your hands to do clapping, it's supposed to be labour saving. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> they're ludicrous. Ludicrous. That sounds ridiculous. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna clap with my cold hands and with gloves. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and Jake's asking, "What's this word? Amplicated? It's a good word, but what does it actually mean?" I was I was incredibly amplicated in uh, Germany for the friendly. I was I was all over amplicated. An advanced state of relaxation. <laughs> so I told you, I told you before that I had done some homework, and I I looked at some of the stats from the end of July through till now. So about a six week period. Most most teams have played six games. I think Hoyikor played seven games, and I looked at I looked at three teams. Firstly, Vepsu, who, after a, a bad 2014 season, have been have been flying high this year, but not this summer. Not 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 in the last six weeks. They've had six games. They only scored in one of them. Uh, they had three draws, two defeats, and one win against Seinejoki. I think before that they'd won six in a row. Mm. I know very, very possibly, but it's. I think Mark, you are you asked the question. Um, a couple of weeks ago, does anybody actually want to win this Bakehouse Liga? And I think that they're all going to prove that they'd rather not, if it's all the same to you. In the same time, Seinejoki have suffered from serious travel sickness. Uh, three 
three home wins, three away defeats. Um, every time we've stood there cheering them on at home, they've looked really classy. And then they just go away and I don't know. Well, I, I, and I really don't know because I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't often get to the away games. But there's been some disappointing performances, let's, let's say. Let, let's put it that way. There's certainly disappointing results. And nine games to go. Sainioki, 11 points off the top. But as I said before, only four points off that Europa League spot. So it's still open. It shouldn't be open with the amount of bad defenders that the, t- the club has had this year and the amount of goals it shipped. But it's still wide, wide open at the top. Um, and finally, before I, I hand over to YouTube for some, some words of wisdom, um, Hoyiko in this same time, they played seven games and they stormed to the top of the table with a run of two wins, four draws and one defeat. <laughs> so here, here, there we are. It's, it's open, which, which I guess is a good thing because it gives us something to, uh, something to talk about. Um, Rich, what, what have you got to say to yourself? Well, the weird thing is, is that this season, it's kind of like last season where as you call one with was it the lowest points total in seven or eight years where you know they were the you know the best team obviously but um it seemed like it was a lot closer where the teams maybe not at the bottom but you know the mid-table teams like Hoyikos defeat was at home to Coops um Coops have done better this year than than I thought they might I thought they'd struggle um and you've got you know as you call 11 points behind but it's so bunched up after, certainly after the top two anyway. Um, I mean, if Mariham won it, that would be absolutely fantastic for them. I mean, they only won their first trophy, well, first senior trophy of any kind last year. Yeah. And after they changed their coach after, what, 14, 15 seasons, suddenly a change comes in and they're potentially going to certainly finish in the top two, I'd imagine. And, but then it, it goes to show again, you know, I, I don't like always bringing it back to Hoiko, but, you know, they are the big club with the resources and the infrastructure and everything else. Yet, other than, you know, Morelos, who can't stop scoring goals and, you know, the odd performances here and there, you know, they they are underperforming hugely for them, for everything they've got going for them, for all the you know, intentions and all the, the great marketing and everything else, you know, they they really are struggling. And what seems to keep their fans going is the Stadion Derby, you know, three times a mm. season. Um, yeah, but I mean, if, if Maraham won it, that would be just immense, I think. Uh, and it's been done with, with coaching rather than, than than with the checkbook. Yeah, and, you know, they, I mean, they've, they've brought in players, but they, they've sure, brought sure. in... Not, these aren't short-term fixes, you know. They're, a lot of the players are, you know, from Orland. They, you know, come through through the club or certainly from the island. They're, you know, the top scorer this year, Orgill. You know, this is his second year there. No, sorry, third season there. Um, you know, even when they bring these foreign players in, they they bed them in. They they're there for two, three years plus. You know, Orgill's now playing for the Jamaican national team, and there was talk in the summer he'd go to MLS. You know, they they get these guys in, and you know, generally they have chosen well. They've integrated these players well, and the, the fact that they they don't have a huge rotation, they don't have a massive squad to pick from, but they do seem to have solid a solid sort of twelve or thirteen players. And and you know, in a sort of perverse way, losing Petteri Forsell may have been good for them. You know, the guy gets the ball from thirty yards out, shoots every time. You know, he's doing well in Poland. What was it, second division? Second, yeah, second division. You know, he gets the ball and, and shoots. It's almost like Wayne Rooney or Ronaldo, but without the, well, maybe not Rooney. But, um, you know. <laughs> like, he's playing, like he's playing FIFA, but he started at the very bottom league. It is, yeah. And, um, and it's almost like removing him from that squad has made the team gel better. They perform better. They seem to have a proper strategy and, and a way of playing that, you know, I I really hope they they win. Um, almost like Ashiko last year in, in a very different set of circumstances, but you know, again, they've come a long way in a short time. They they've done things in a in a way that's clear, and there aren't too many mitigating things, or they don't seem to have their eyes elsewhere. As Hoyko seemed keen to become the the big Nordic club. They wanted the glamour friendlies, the big names, but, you know, Mariham have, have done well and 
you know, who, who'd begrudge them that? I mean, they they've generally, but again, they've they've hit a rocky patch as well, where they they've been dropping points. They haven't been losing many games, but you know, draws, draws, draws. You know, we had a mat, we had a match day a couple of was it last month where all six games ended in draws. Yeah, yeah. better's paradise over here. I mean, they don't. They also don't score a lot. I think it's no. Orgill's got ten, mm. something like that. And then after that, I, I'm not sure who the next top score. It'd probably be somebody like Assis. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, but they don't. Outside of Orgill, they don't score a lot of money. Uh, don't score a lot of money. Don't score a lot of goals. Um, but but I mean, I would. It would be it would be fabulous to see them to see them win it. To, to, to see them take the, take the title, but but by the same token, you do have to wonder what's going on at, at Hoyiko. I wonder if they're just sort of sitting around rolling in the money, going, you know, what's you know, should we try? Nah, we'll then, roll around in the money a bit more. But it's funny you look, you know, that obviously the problem with following Twitter or Facebook or something is you follow people you follow. This isn't a, a wide range of people, but you know, the fans at Clubby do seem to be. Sp- you know, slowly but solidly becoming not anti-Lekos or, or Rihilati, but mm. certainly questioning their methods in a way that, you know, Bano was seen as three years ago as the next big thing. Mm. And he's taken Hoiko to mediocrity. Uh, Rihilati seems so keen to make this club massive, but forgetting that the core business of making a club massive is to have the successful team. Um you know, it's all they're scouting abroad. They're doing this. They do have, you know, a lot of Finnish players in and around the squad, but they're not gelling. They're not performing. And have you take that centre forward away, and yeah, they are mid table. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's absolutely. And it, it, the thing is, if you think about all of the players that Hoyuko have lost, like I mean, and but I mean, they haven't lost them recently either. They lost them like, yeah. uh, it, like last season and the year before. So you know, like guys like Valtteri Morin and and. Uh, you know, Lerd even in his in his prime, they, they've not they've just not gone any way to really replacing them. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it, it it is you sort of scratch your head because you you do wonder, you know, there there must be a ton of like somebody like Naji Kuchi. I mean, it, it, it's, he's not a very fashionable signing, and people probably you know wouldn't wouldn't like him that much. But you know, we said at the start of the season, you if you, if you get Naji Kuchi, you get your ten fifteen goals a year, no problem. And he has. And, and he has, and he will, because he's just—he's a big—he's that—he's that guy. Um, I mean, I did sort of, sort of hope that Mikael Forsell would would do something similar, but I think, I think he's what is he now? Thirty-six. He's a bit—he's a fair bit older than than Nyaji. It's thirty-five, thirty-six. Yeah. So it's uh, so. I mean, he doesn't play kind of regularly enough to to contribute that much, but I I, I suppose they've got actually Belvas in, who's. Who'll be good for a couple of goals between now and the end of the season? Certainly, Asiuko missed him at the start of this season after he left. So, with a bit of luck, he might bring them a bit more quality. But it does seem a bit sort of too little, too late. And you do wonder a lot, you know, with the Barcelona game and the Liverpool game and all that stuff. Where's the, you know, where's the, where's the money going? But you know, you look as well at the other clubs, you know, who are performing at least that performing above their level or above where they were a couple of years ago. You look at Rops, you know, they lost the entire spine of their team in the last 18 months. And yet, you know, Robert Taylor has been absolutely tremendous this season. Best things in Sander. Absolutely. You know, Coco's gone, but they've they've done well. They're not the glamorous team. They're not the sort of overwhelmingly wonderful to watch, but they are effective. They replace the play as well. Um, Asiko obviously going through a it's strange being champions, but in a transitional season where they've had a lot of turnover of players as well. Um, Alexei Romenko's quotes from was it last week or the week before made me laugh a lot, where he said he retired from professional football when he moved back to Finland. Um, <laughs> you know, probably explains why he didn't last very long there. Um, just, yeah. just Rich, just you, just you, you mentioned Robs and you mentioned Robert Taylor, and yeah. uh, I checked him out, and he's a, a Finnish player. But yeah. it doesn't sound like a Finnish player. For those that are watching, listening overseas, what what can you tell us about him? Um, he's got a Finnish dad. Um, oh, sorry, English dad. Um, he actually had a bit of time over here at was it Barnet and Lincoln, mm. I think, two or three years ago. But um, I mean, he's grown up in Finland, almost in the the same way as 
O'Shaughnessy or ad infinitum these players. You know, he's he's come back, he was in Juvascula for, for quite some time this season. He's moved to Rops and he has been absolutely fantastic. He's mm. been the driving sort of that taken over from Yagubi in, yeah. in that position. And you know, getting becoming now the player in the Finland under twenty one side that he, he didn't play in one of the games, was it the Austria game? Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, it wasn't in the side. Yeah, I was. Um, I mean, that was that was shocking. That is an absolutely so shocking, isn't it? He's he's, he's he, what has he got? Ten, has he got? He's got something like ten goals and something like six, seven assists. He's, yeah. he's been phenomenal this year. He's got a hat trick in one game last month, and he mm. and I mean, he's just he's a player that has hit a good vein of form at the right time, and he's made a huge difference. Where you know, so many clubs bring in players from other Finnish clubs, and you've almost got that sort of perfect storm with him where he's come from within Finland mm. but he's had experience of playing overseas but he's not an overseas player so he's developed in a slightly different environment as well and um, you know you do wonder if, what, if he stays in Finland can he improve Rops much further not on his own but um, and then, well, then, then, and then you get to the whole you go dilemma because yeah. right, because five years ago, six years ago, a player yeah. like Rob Taylor turns up and smashes it for Rops. Yeah. Hoyko stick in a bid, whatever. Yeah. He signs up and he plays two years and he gets into Europe. And then yeah. he goes off and he's, it's a stepping stone. But now, you're Rob Taylor. Do you chance it with Hoyko? Because no. that's you know, there's no way you take that step, right? You, you may the, as- the thing is as well, the, the way football is in Europe now is, you know, Rops is as much a stepping stone mm. as any other Finnish club. Um you know, clubs all over the world are watching, scouting, whatever in Finland. They don't need that exposure of Hoiko being the biggest club. You know, Hoiko hadn't played in the group stage of Champions League in 18 years. Yep. You know, so it's not like, you know, and you look at even a couple of years ago in the group stage Europa League, Gideon Barr was the one standout player in that run. Maybe Lord as well to, to a certain extent, but they've both moved on to bigger things. But, mm. but no Finnish player would move to Hoiko now because really from, from Rops or Asiko or Mariham in, in certain circumstances, you think it's not a step up. It's yeah. moving to a, a bigger club in, in terms of everything else. But on the pitch, they're, they're no more than equals. Yeah, especially yeah. if the other clubs have now got a relatively good chance of getting some European action as well. That might, be, that might have been a, a motivation in the past. But now, yeah. you know, it, it seems to be have been spread around. There's many clubs that have had one fixture in the Europa League in the last few years. Yeah, um, obviously some of those clubs don't even exist anymore. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but you think, you know, that Europe is so small now. Well, the world is so small. You look at all the players who've come over. You know, you look at the situation at Hercules and Oulu. You know, they've got a massive name as their manager in Amakachi. But he is bringing interest. You know, there's a chap from The Guardian was over this week. He was covering the Kosovo game. He went straight up to Oulu the day after to speak to Amakachi and looking at their players. Mm. They've got one of their players played in the World Cup in 2010 for Nigeria. He's rocking up in the third division off the pace and hasn't... There was an issue he claimed to have been kidnapped at some point. There's obviously some extra whatever. But um, but these clubs, they're big, they're getting better at marketing themselves they're getting better at getting themselves noticed whether it's the silly ways through youtube or twitter or they are doing things differently that um legerous inter they've got a, their manager used to manage atletico madrid and now he's rocked up in the fourth division <laughs> and admittedly there is massive money there and there is a very strange infrastructure which i know several people have tried to pick apart and find out what's going on but mm. you know that the league the, the gap between the teams in the league, you know, on, on the pitch is still massive. But these clubs are getting better. These clubs are getting closer. And Hoyko, you know, even now, their wonderfulness off the pitch in, in their eyes, it's not a bigger draw anymore because, you know, going there isn't a big thing. And, and even, you know, you find that, players coming from abroad will rock up in Rovaniemi or Vasa or Seinioki or Turku. They don't need to go to Helsinki to, to live there. It's not even that far to travel. If that's the way inclined they are, that they always talk about players coming to London, the bright lights and everything else. But 
you know, they come to Manchester now, they come to Liverpool, they get us Bournemouth. It's you, you were you, know. you were talking talking before about about um, uh, Robert Taylor, and it just made me made me think of another actually English player that's come that's come south from from the land of Santa Claus, and that's Billy Irons. I don't know. I, I did a little bit of reading about Billy Irons when he when he signed for Saniocchi recently. I haven't seen him play yet, but he's a, a an English lad from your neck of the woods, I think originally, Mark. Yep, um, Newcastle Newcastle's academy. Yeah, and but but actually grew up in in Spain. Um, Tenerife until kind of mid-teenage years, then came to Newcastle's academy, didn't make the grade there, uh, and was picked up by Kemi four years ago. So the boy is 18, came over to play for Kemi four years ago, and has now got a move up into, you know, the, the, the other end of the, the Vakehouse Liga. And it does annoy me when you hear the, you know, the, the, the UK media talking about, ah, oh, British players don't go overseas. And you just think, come on, there's so many. They don't go from the Premier League overseas because they're a bit too pampered. But there are there are lads out there with a bit of balls about them that will that will travel. And um, but look um, at Hartson's comments about that Scottish lad who's gone to Germany. He said in his um, one of I think he's got a newspaper column. John Hartson was saying that Oliver Burke should have gone to Burnley or West Brom or Sunderland <laughs> because mm. people see him play. Rather than going to the Bundesliga because he didn't go to Bayern Munich, but he's gone to a club who, for all the reasons that club is evil, he's gone to a club in the Bundesliga who will be seen on telly in this country as much, if not more, than Burnley or West Brom. He's gone to and, Red Bull, Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah, thirteen million quid. Mm. You know, yeah, it's a lot of money. But you know, people were talking about him as for, at Forest as you know, huge players, a Scottish international, mm, mm, mm. And, and you look at all these players who. You know, they have the strange roots, You like Irons or Richie Dorman, who was at uni in America, and all these players who've had very different careers. And yeah, Finland is a stepping stone for some, but some of them settle. You know, they, they meet Finnish women, which is always seems to be the case. Or, you know, it's they settle there and you know, they might move on somewhere else in the future. Wayne, Wayne Brown, for example, is now in Australia. And he, you know, I meet him in my greasy spoon at the top of the road. There's my, I've got to pick that name up. That's my name drop for the day. Um, <laughs> but, um, but he, you know, he grew up around the corner for me. And he, you know, this thing about players going abroad, you know, that like I said before, the world's a smaller place. And, mm. you know, Finland, you get exposure if that's what you're into. You get an, a reasonable standard of football, a very different type of football to certain parts. But, and even from players from other countries, when I did some digging, because Yarrow had an issue with a, some national, they had three points taken off them a couple of months ago. Mm. They played too many overseas players. But I did some digging and found a list of nationalities that you can play for without a work permit in Finland. It's ridiculous. There is about 90 countries on that list outside of Europe. If you're from one of these countries, you can crack on. No wonder they're coming here via their agents and, you know, you've got agents flooding certain clubs or teams or whatever. But, you know, it's Finland should benefit in a way that, you know, hopefully it won't be the situation that happened at Rops six, seven years ago and, you know, certain other cases where you get cliques, you get whole sort of things at certain clubs. But it's... um. You know, and I don't see the problem. I know when Shefki was at Hon- uh, Honka, he took some players that he had links from Fulham or Palace. They went over there with differing results. Some didn't play very well. Some did okay. But, you know, fair play. I mean, you know, it's not a bad environment to go, you know, go abroad to Finland, play football. For- Which is gone. Just like that. It yeah, it was, it was and, it's quite and, eerie as well. And there you go abroad, live in Finland, and then uh... and then yeah. <laughs> and I was I was looking at the screen mark, and you sat there dead still, and I thought maybe everybody's gone. I don't know. I don't know if we're getting back. Um, I stepped away just now. Um, did you uh, talk about about other form players? It was something that you wanted to mention. We we talked about Robert Taylor. Uh, we did. You yeah. also mentioned Robert Reski. Oh, love Robert. He's, uh, I, mean, I, I feel I feel I feel I feel somehow really like I feel really bad for Rupiriski because it seems like uh, I mean especially now that the other forwards in the Finnish in the Finnish national fold are, are playing well and scoring goals 
he's he's getting massively kind of overlooked. He's 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 still a very good striker. Uh, he's still what is he? He's on. He's in, well well on course for for golden boot. You know, he's a um, he's a very tricky player. He's he's still very good with the ball, and I, I think particularly you know in in some circumstance like against Kosovo, he he'd have been a good player to put on to stretch the defense because he's far quicker than anybody else that we've got. He's a lot faster in the sprint and and it, like over over five ten yards, and he's always got an eye for goal. So I I don't know why we don't um, give him a bit more of a shot. Or instead yeah, of waiting for the, he, he's been he's been playing uh, uh, kind of more of a wide role and cutting in from wide and and mm. seemingly has the license to go either side and and find some space and then really bear down on goal. But he he's been looking really sharp and is, yeah. I'm sure that Paul and Jake and Jules that are <laughs> watching this now will be looking forward to seeing him score some goals tomorrow night because that's where we'll be behind the behind the goal with the rest of the cloppet making making some noise while my kids are at another part of the stadium just looking embarrassed at what their dad's getting up to but there we go we'll be there oh why is it on the wall and not on the oh uh, okay i'm I'm in i'm in my work office right now so there's a few different a few different different sports sports shirts up there um it's an old one that's not my one so i think i don't know that we're going to get rich back i've tried to re-invite him but he's not here is there is there anything else that you wanted to cover today mark or are we are we good to in the same vein as Rupi Ruski, I yeah. could say Purusoyri Puru is doing really well. He's he's scoring a lot of goals for uh, VPS, and he's I don't know, just he's a young talent. He's a young kid. He's been getting the chance this year, and he's been scoring goals, and he's finished. So keep an eye out for him because I like the look of him. We'll do that. We'll do that. So let's start to wind it up. Thanks to everyone that, that's joined us. We had a we've had a poll running through this show, which some of you have voted in, which is. Is it time for Backer to get the sacker? And if so, who should replace him? And it's, it's, it's it was unanimous, but someone seems to have just withdrawn their vote. Seventy-five percent of people think it should be us. No, it's eighty percent. Someone's messing around. <laughs> Someone's playing with the poll. You're idiots, all of you. I don't know who's, who's responsible, but you're very. Silly. Um, Mark, get that application in. We'll we'll do it. The three of us by committee. It can't be any worse. Um, so let's let's have a, a little a little thing. Uh, unfortunately, Rich isn't here, but he has got the explore uh, the escape to Suomi blog back up and running. Yeah. And there was a, a an interview I think he put up there just this week, but the name escapes me. So check out escape to Suomi You, Mark, have, uh, are going to be moonlighting tomorrow you've got an appointment yes somewhere else and um it's on the outside right blog and podcast and chris is mm. uh, is from outside right is listening to this let's hope he doesn't <laughs> rescind the invitation <laughs> i think that i think I've, i think i've been done now i think i think that's it it's all right i'll understand 100 percent. it's okay um what, 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 we, what are you going to be talking about on there uh it, it just just a little bit about football in finland and and maybe what it's more like in terms of uh being an englishman abroad and and uh, if you want to come and see a game where's the good places to go and, and what, what what you've got to look out for so i'll be talking about those damn cloppied yeah and, and how you have to have to watch out for them and for those of you that, that might be interested in a in a, a football podcast that, that covers a few few different topics from different levels of the game, then then find your on your podcast player, check out Outside Right, and uh, and have a listen. It's uh, it's worth twenty minutes of your time for sure. Um, after Mark, you've checked Mark, out our, our podcast, well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that the people <laughs> that are listening to this have <laughs> already checked out our podcast. Um, and. And and on my my website, explorefinlandpodcast.com, I've just finished the summer repeats season, so they're they're all still available. Uh, nothing new in the in the pipelines at the moment, but I'll um I'll keep you I'll keep you updated. Thanks again to uh, everybody that's uh, that's been here for the live show. Uh, thanks to Mark. Thanks to Rich. And until next time, we'll try and get this get this done again in in three or four weeks' time. Try and get a couple out before the end of the season. So let's let's get that now. In our diaries, Mark, there'll be a good few league games to talk about by then. So uh, until next week on the uh, on the Finnish Football Show, thanks very much for joining us. Bye bye. Cheers.